And we are back, but that took us by surprise <laughs> a little bit. Too busy catching up on things. Um, welcome back to B-Side Stories on 106.1 FM, Wellington Access Radio. And now we are here with Laura Robinson from the Burp. Oh, just Burbs, eh? <laughs> yeah, just Burbs. You <laughs> can say the Burbs. It's <laughs> all good. Thanks from her show, me. Burbs. Um, so... Burbs is a web series that you are, can we call you the creator of it? Yeah, you can call me the creator, but I kind of feel a little bit like it is my baby, but it's also like everyone's baby in some kind of capacity. <laughs> um, some yeah. kind of shared custody birthing situation. Absolutely. Like, yeah. we're not going to talk about who the father is. <laughs> You don't, I mean, that's so old-fashioned, that kind of way of looking at things. 2017. <laughs> um, so can you tell us a bit, for people who haven't seen it already, what is Burbs and kind of what kind of stories are you trying to tell there? Um, so Burbs is a web series, which is a Wellington-based web series, and every episode takes place in a different Wellington suburb. Um, but it's not a documentary, it's like these fictional little uh, short stories, I guess you could say. Um, but they all have like one theme and that's just, you know, has to be in a specific Wellington suburb. Um, I kind of like to describe it. It's kind of like that movie, if you've seen Cigarettes and Coffee by Jim Jarmusch. It's mm. like that theme of cigarettes and coffee, but it's not necessarily about cigarettes and coffee. You know, if that helps. Totally with it. you. Yeah. yeah. Are you, yeah are you? <laughs> I have seen that film. <laughs> um, but I think like the best way that my like that people describe Burbs is just like my parents. Like my mum calls them little movies, and my dad calls it not black comedy but beige comedy. So <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. So it's. Um, a story set in and inspired by each suburb that you film in, but it's not you're not gonna come across those cliches of, you know, rich folks in Calvin or um what are the stereotypes of Wellington suburbs? That's actually quite funny you said rich folks in Calvin because I heard a little rumour that the woman in Karori, I'm going to get into so much trouble for saying this, <laughs> but I heard a rumour that the woman in Karori called themselves the K-holers. Oh. What does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> not they're sure f- they're, well, they're from, it might be Kelvin as well. But yeah, no, I, I, I agree. We haven't, we haven't <laughs> touched on like, you know, like Karori and like Kelvin kind of rich people. I guess, I don't know, I guess you're right. Like, it, we don't really want to go into that cliche kind of I territory. think it's cool exploring a suburb and, you know, everyone knows that, you know, those cliches, there might be some truth to them, but they're only one very small part of a suburb and a suburb's life and there's so much more going on kind of behind the scenes and I kind of, I like the thought of this web series as a kind of alternative life to each suburb. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. So some of the ones um, from last season, some of your episodes, do you want to just um, say? Yeah, sure. Um, so in last season, we looked at avant-garde, avant-garde um, theatre in Newtown. There was a Tinder date in Ophero Bay with a mermaid. Um, there was mysterious sleepwalking in 
Brooklyn, there was a sex party in Seaton, and there were two drag queens at a bus stop that become best mates in Strathmore. So, yeah. Just a little taste of everyday life <laughs> in our city. Yeah, totally. Mermaids especially, everyday life. <laughs> yeah. Um, and do you, when you go around with these very different stories in each of these suburbs, do you have an overall kind of message or thing that you're exploring here or are you just having a bit of fun? I think uh, one thing that's come up a lot in season two is like revealing who you really are as a person and kind of um and it's a lot of it is about like secrets is like very common we always kind of go into that territory it's kind of funny like Mm. um but I kind of love that territory of figuring out the true colors of a person um and I think that's like so fascinating because when you meet so many people in Wellington like you see them as, like, a certain thing, but then you realise, like, oh, actually, like, they're an incredible poet or they're a compulsive liar or, you know, like, um, yeah, there's, like, lots of lots of really fascinating things that I find um, when I meet a lot of Wellingtonians. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so how did you get this show started? It's, I mean, for one thing, oh, I should say, it's an awesome web series for people who haven't seen it. It's very entertaining and it, yeah, it's just, yeah, I like the um, avoiding cliches and kind of um, fantasy element of it, I guess. But it's also really high production and amazing acting as well. So um, what was my question? How did you start it? Um, we, well, we started originally from doing 48 hours. And so that's how I met Orion, who's the DOP, and Rosie Remiswell. DOP being. Sorry, sorry, sorry <laughs> film term. Um, Department of Photography slash Cinematographer. Okay. Um, so he works the camera and tells people where to put lights and stuff. Um, and we've been mates for a really long time. And then there's Rosie Remiswell, who... Um, is a really incredible production designer. Um, she's worked on like the changeover and so many amazing feature films that I've totally blanked out. I'm really sorry Rosie, for blanking out about that. <laughs> she can come <laughs> on herself and talk about it. She's a powerhouse at work. Um, and then Stella I've known for a really long time and she's an insane um, theatre director. So yeah we kind of just like Started making burbs like as a fun, cool project with friends, and then um, we kind of realized after we did season one that we could just take it a couple of steps further. So we got a pledge me going, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, we uh, we began shooting season two last year in October, I think, and then we recently just finished shooting about three weeks ago, maybe four weeks ago. So you've yeah. you've completed the whole season too. Yep, yep, yep. So we're in post production now, um, but we're putting out an episode every Sunday evening at seven o'clock. Nice. Which is really exciting. Yeah. So you started as a very small scale thing, then got a bit of funding, and has that allowed you a bit more freedom? Uh, yeah, it has. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's kind of crazy because 
partway through Burbs, we got funding for another short film. Um, so I can, I'll talk a little bit about that. Um, <laughs> it's called Drop Down Globe. Um, it's written, directed, and co-produced by Stella, who is the director of Burbs, and I co-produced it with her. And that's a short film, um, which is like a remixed Shakespearean femme pop culture fun um, short film, which is something you can watch on Māori On Demand. So we um, we put that out a few months ago, but it kind of made burbs, it kind of put burbs on hold, but in a really great way because mm. we were like, all this equipment that we have, all these people, all this crew is just so valuable. And by doing that, we met a lot of really incredible actors and really incredible people along the way. So, yeah, we feel like it's been a blessing to have that, to kind of push burbs in a really great direction. Mm. Yeah. And so <laughs> do you think season two, the direction, is evolving a bit from season one? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think we have more time to kind of push the scripts. There's been some scripts that have been wo- I've been working on for like 18 months. Um, and I feel like we're just way more critical of our work and we just want it to get better and better. Mm. And so you were talking to me earlier about the you know, the kind of creative process where you know, maybe you'll have an idea and then you'll kind of go to the group and be like, so maybe this could happen in this suburb. And yeah. then, can... Yeah. Um, so a lot of it is we, because we're friends, I guess, a lot of the process is like hanging out, grabbing some beers, talking about funny stories that have happened to us in like Wellington suburbs or, you know, just real life. And because... Um, you know, we all collaborate together. We're great at brainstorming. So a lot of the stories have kind of come together and we've devised a lot. And especially with actors, um, it's kind of incredible what you can get from improvising a scene um, with actors as well. So, yeah. Mm. And so inspired by real life? (laughs) Yeah, I think so. Yeah, definitely inspired by Wellington. Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> so you talked, I think, in one of your um, promo pieces for season one, you talked about kind of shocking people in a different way than they're used to being shocked. Yeah, yeah, I think people are, like, shocked. I don't know, I don't want to, like, say anything bad, but I don't know, I think, like, I'm kind of not, I'm dis. Oh, what's the right term? I'm not shocked when I see a, like people having sex and someone walking in on them having sex. If you know what I mean? Like, I'm shocked in a different way, and I like mm. shocking things to happen. But, yeah, I think that sometimes um, we can... A lot of the content that comes out is, like, we need to shock the audience. Let's, um, I don't know... <laughs> you know, you can think of something, but it kind of gets a bit boring after a while. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and 
I mean, yeah, I do think that it does shock people in ways that we're not used to. Um, you talked about um, in the one with the mermaid and the guy on the Tinder date, um, you know, without giving away too much. Can we just give it away? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's give it away. Um, so she's sitting there chomping down on some calamari or yep. something or other straight from the ocean yep. and he's kind of like a bit taken aback by that yeah as an urban vegetarian kind of <laughs> sensitive guy um and she's take over from me because it's, oh, it's yeah, not no, my that's story cool. no, that's cool. <laughs> um so yeah it's a tinder date between a mermaid and a, a jock and um she offers him like a whole calamari like a whole piece of raw squid um, and obviously, like, he kind of, you know, politely declines it. Um, but, yeah, in writing that, I was kind of like, okay, they're from totally different worlds. Um, what would be, like, bad mermaid etiquette, I guess, you know? If a mermaid has caught something for you and you deny eating it, mm. I think that's kind of, like you know, insulting in kind of a way, <laughs> in a weird way, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then he does this, I mean, the really gross part of the um, of that episode is when he goes home and lies to his mates about what happened on the date and, you know, he goes back to full jock mode, having yeah. just tried to convince her that he's the sensitive dude. Yeah, yeah, totally. Which I think is is kind of fascinating because... I just put it out there and, like, I was like, I don't know, this is just a weird story that I've written. But a few, like, men that I'm mates with messaged me as soon as it came out and they were like, I really, I really identify to that episode. Mm. Because I think it, like, it's, it's a part of me which I wrote it and I was like, yeah, it's about, like, men fetishizing women, but also um, there's, like, that other side where it's, like, men are actively pretending that they are these, like, alpha males hmm. and they're really unhappy and they're really alone, but they have they can't tell anyone that. They can't share that information with anyone because they're so isolated. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. good thing to explore. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, and shall we – oh, you talked – should we do some music? Yeah, let's... Um, so music is a big part of the show. And you've yes. got some awesome local stuff on there, like Lon Talius, yep. um, who we just played. And in your first episode of season one, uh, two, you had Glass Faults, yeah? Yep. Which track was that? And I'll uh, see if I can pull it up it's, quickly. It's, uh, it's a fantastic song called Mind Reader. Oh, rats, it's not on here. Oh, maybe it is. Uh, it's spelt like without any spaces yeah cool awesome let's listen to Glass Vaults's Mind Reader and then we can talk a bit more about the music when we come back
that was uh, Glass Vaults, the new... Oh, let's not go on to the next one, as nice as that would be. <laughs> that was Glass Vaults' Mind Reader, which w- was on your um, cliffhanger season two, episode one, released on the elections. Sure was. Arrow Valley part one. Tell one. us about it. Yeah, um, so it is happens on election day where you meet the character Simone who is voting and seeing her cute boyfriend and making like cool pottery and raw vegan cheesecake and she's like it's an it's a setup episode where you meet the characters of Arrow Valley and you're taken to an election party. Um, I have to say, I love the bit when she turns up at the party and she's like, hey, I brought you some pottery I did. And the friend's like, awesome, should I give you some money for it? And she's like, yeah, actually, that'd be good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Love that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm so poor at the moment and like, she's she just not, just, yeah, she does not look poor. Yeah. Probably she needs a bit of money for to for that raw vegan cheesecake. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Cashews are very expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so we get to the party. Sorry. Yeah, so we, um, we get to the party and we leave you wondering who has won the election and who hasn't won the election, I guess. <laughs> and then, Lots of questions. Yeah, glass faults sing us out. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so that was screened on... The, how did you do that with the all the voting? Like, it looks like it's an official election voting signs and all of that. Did you use real things or did you create that yourselves? Uh, we created it ourselves. It felt, even watching it a few days after the election, it felt very, like, strangely... Too real. <laughs> oh, thank you. Mm. Yeah, that's that's our brilliant production designer, Rosie Rimiswell, who designed all those little stickers and um, voting signs and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And um, so, oh, did you want to talk a bit about the music and how you how that works into the show? Um, yeah. Um, I... I guess in my writing process, I'm kind of always exploring new music, especially Wellington music. And, um, yeah, like Glass Vaults put out their album at the start of the year and I was writing the show and I was like, I heard the first track and I was like, yep, I see a girl riding her bike down Arrow Valley. We have to have season two open with the song. Just because it's like such a catchy tune. Mm-hmm. Um and, and then, oh, sorry. oh, while we're talking about glass vaults, do, they're playing this weekend, yeah? Yep, they're playing on Friday at 8 p.m. at Meow. So check them out. Cool. Now, what what were you going to say? Oh, it's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, but, yeah, I guess I also really like some um, old Kiwi classics, um, Front Lawn is a great, great band with Don McGlash and Harry Sinclair. And we are so happy to, like, have their music in burps. Um, They have a song called Tomorrow Night, which is, like, very Wellington-focused and very nostalgic. It was, like, that album was what my parents would play at, like, their dinner parties and stuff. So um, that features in one of the episodes as well for season two. We'll have that one on the way 
when the show's finishing, just um, which is in a few minutes, sadly. Um, so, which episodes can we look forward to? Which other yeah. suburbs will we be exploring? Okay, so um, this Sunday at seven pm on YouTube, um, we are uh, launching Mount Cook. Ooh, yeah. So that one's pretty exciting. Um, it's a really, really stunning um, episode, which is, um, I don't want to spoil anything, but it's like about friendship. And it's just a really nice, nice episode. It just makes you feel like nice and cuddly and warm. <laughs> Not like some of the more sinister. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the opposite of our, I guess. It's like, it's just, it's just a good, it's a good time. Mount Cook. Yeah. Yeah. Just like Mount Cook, really. You'd kind of wander the streets of, um, you know, that up by the by the town belt, and you just sort of watch the tui fly by and think, yep. Or the kerero and count them. Yes, if you should count the kerero for our previous guest. <laughs> um, yeah, not that of course Arrow Valley is a sinister place. Of course, apart from maybe Holloway Road, but that's <laughs> another story. Apparently, Holloway. Road is haunted. I've been hearing that from a couple of people in Wellington. By whom? Um, I don't know. <laughs> Ghosts? Well, if anyone listening knows about the ghost of Holloway Road, we'd love to have you on and talk about it. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Facebook message us, B-Side Stories. That's right. Well, we're looking forward to the next episode, Mount Cook. And um, thank you so much, Laura, for coming on. Thank Laura you for Ro- having me. You're welcome. Laura Robinson from Burbs, web series currently coming out bit by bit. Now, um, finish up with Front Lawn tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, about 8 o'clock Tomorrow night, when the town starts filling up Tomorrow 
Playing a tape for the landing speed, Bonnie Bow.